Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. We also love for you to help others. That's why we created a new community at Clark.com. Check it out if you haven't had a chance. And today, I want to talk about something that we all need some help with, and that's cars that are not behaving because the high cost of cars, more and more Americans are repairing and keeping their old vehicles. And tell you what, finding a good mechanic right now, that is tough, tough, tough. Then when you find one, they have any time to help you. Also, Walmart is just the latest shoe to drop with retailers offering Real deals. Everybody always says sale, sale, sale. I talk to you about what's going on right now. And is it good news for you or bad news for you that the retailers are in not quite a world of hurt, but they are wounded right now? So, a couple of things going on in the car business. First, the quality of the average vehicle sold in the United States is the lowest it's been, according to J.D. Power, in 36 years. 36 years. My goodness, that's a long time ago. What is that, 1986? 1986. Okay, so why are vehicles so messed up right now? And we're talking vehicles that have been built recently and in recent years because J.D. Power measures initial quality. They measure at three years. I'm much more interested in three-year quality. So number one, predating the pandemic, automakers have been putting more and more electronic gizmos and gadgets on their vehicles. And they're like on-the-job training. And a lot of these systems are so difficult to use, even when they are working right. You know, one of the things you got to give the late Steve Jobs credit for, what he realized was technology was only useful if it was easy for the end user to use. The automakers don't seem to have their Steve Jobs. And so the vehicles have become too complicated. And then you throw in all the COVID disruptions that have affected the automotive industry, followed by the chip shortages. You got automakers that have done substantial completion on hundreds of thousands, if not millions of vehicles, sitting behind fences. And then they have a check sheet of all the things the vehicles are missing that they got to get on them before they can ship the vehicles. Haphazard manufacturing has hurt quality as well. So 
it's tough right now because new vehicle prices are at a new record high, uh, depending on whose measure. When I saw recently, 46000 the average price of a new vehicle, huge price. And then they're not coming off the line well-built as they normally would be. And then you throw on top of this the extreme shortage of mechanics in the United States. So there are so many fields that are desperately short of workers, but nothing more than things that involve being some kind of mechanic. You name anything that you attach mechanic to, and there's a shortage. But auto mechanics are especially short because younger people have not been interested in becoming auto mechanics at the rate that people have in prior generations. So you go into shops and you'll see generally a much older workforce. By the way, as a business opportunity, the opportunity available right now to become an auto mechanic is unbelievable. And the people who say, oh, well, why would I do that? You know, electric vehicles don't need near the amount of servicing and we're going to switch to that and all that. I mean, there's opportunity both ways. We're going to have legacy gas engine vehicles for decades to come that are going to age and need more maintenance than they've needed in the past. Plus, the alternative of becoming electric vehicle certified as a mechanic is great because electric vehicles still have things that will happen, even if they don't have engines and transmissions. Um, I had a thing recently with my electric vehicle where the door handle wouldn't work and there are electronic door handles that I couldn't get in the driver's side of my car. I'd have to go around, open the passenger side, reach in and open the vehicle from inside to open the driver's side door. That's not very good, right? So there are repairs that are going to need to be made of all different types. There is going to be opportunity for you in a field that pays better and better than ever. Krista, you know, I'm going to keep talking about fields where, because we're in such a pivot now with the workforce, fields where the opportunity to earn a decent living, there's so many right now, but they do require training. Training. Okay, well, I have a question about a car from Laura in North Carolina. I made my wife get rid of her car. Things were falling apart left and right, and it was has left us broken down on the side of the road more times than I can remember. I would always say a little prayer whenever she drove it, so I decided to put my foot down and made her get rid of it. I'm an avid believer in driving the car until it dies, and I feel we did just that. Now we need a vehicle for her. We're not picky on model. I just want something safe on the smaller side and want to spend under 15000 We are considering buying a rebuilt titled vehicle from a dealership. They are substantially cheaper. Is this a bad idea? Okay, so buying a salvage title vehicle is something that if you go in with your eyes open, okay. Um, salvage title vehicles are, they're a bit of a frontier kind of thing, and they will not have, it won't have great value later. But in this case, with this car market, I, I've never said this, I think it's something to consider because my son and I, he loves looking at cars. And we go every once in a while to CarMax to see what they have on the lot, even though 
we're not in the market for a vehicle. He just likes to see what they've got. And he's going, he's looking at the muscle cars. And I'm going around, I'm looking at prices, mileage, and value. And even as the prices of used vehicles have started to soften, there's still so, so, so much money. And the miles they have on them versus before. And I saw vehicle after vehicle that were sitting on the lot with lots of miles, lots of years, and they're on the lot at CarMax for more than what those vehicles cost new. I mean, unbelievable. So right now, it's really hard to find good, reliable transportation at that price. And if you go in knowing, hey, the salvage title vehicle, it, which if you're not familiar, it's where they stitch a vehicle back together after it's been totaled from a really bad accident. But because of that scarlet letter title, you get a better deal, and hopefully you get one that's been rebuilt well. This is a time that I've never said this. But definitely get it checked out oh, by yeah. an independent no, mechanic. No doubt get it checked out by a mechanic before you pull the trigger on buying it. This is from Rachel in Utah. Many retailers pull online orders and set the orders on a shelf for customers to pick up. This typically works very well, except recently I've seen and experienced situations where someone picks up an order that isn't theirs. Whether this is by accident or the person is stealing, who knows? Then the person who paid for the order is out of luck when arriving. In situations I've dealt with, the retailer just shrugs their shoulders and says, we pulled the order, so we did our job. It's not our fault. Someone grabbed your stuff. Besides ordering using a credit card that will allow the consumer to dispute charges, how do we protect ourselves from getting ripped off in this manner? I've even had one order picked up by someone else at a retailer who keeps orders behind the desk. Either the retailer grabbed the wrong order or someone read the tag with my name on it and said they were me. Help. Online ordering for pickup is so convenient. I don't want to give it up, but I also need to protect myself. So first of all, that the retailer didn't stand behind you, Rachel, is very upsetting to me. It's up to the retailer to have very strict policies on how they handle customer pickup. Retailers that have their act together on this will require ID. They usually have camera I know the cameras are so intrusive, but they have a camera that, you know, that has you there and they can see who actually picked it up. They can see if it was you or not. There are retailers, on the other hand, that have been kind of sloppy with online ordering and customer pickup. In that case, you should never be out money. You want to talk to the store manager, not the manager on duty, the manager of that store. A lot of retailers post the name and picture of the actual manager, and that's who you want to talk to. And know that if the store is not using really clear, strict, organized policies on how online order pickup is done, just don't order from them anymore. And this one's from Paul in Georgia. Our electric company is offering a cooperative solar program. We can buy solar energy blocks. I don't think this program is designed to save money on my electric bill and just allows us to support solar through our monthly subscription. Do you think this program has an advantage? (sighs) Deep breath here, Paul. (laughs) Deep breath. This is a con job by your power company. They are ripping you off. So they charge you for the solar blocks well above market price for power 
and they're doing it as a way of making you feel good that you're doing something for the environment. Where the truth is, in most states, and Georgia is absolutely one of those states, solar is the cheapest form of power they can produce from, and it's not even close. And uh, the biggest monopoly power provider in your state is owned by a company called Southern Company, and they are doing everything they can to install solar because they make so much more money from it. So don't be kind by a power company telling you, hey, you're going to feel so good about this. You're going to help make the power we get more green, where the reality is they're worried about a different kind of green, the money going in the power company's wallet, And they don't need you to buy these solar blocks to install solar because the marketplace is giving them all the incentive they'd ever want to install solar. So let them keep their solar credits or blocks or whatever they call them. Uh, Straight ahead, we're going to talk about actual real savings going on in the marketplace that will help you with your wallet. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You hear sale, 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 sale all the time, and you just roll your eyes because everything's always on sale, but not really, right? This is real this time. There's such a gigantic surplus of goods. It was funny. I was looking at a computer sale ad recently, and the prices on a lot of computers, like for like the, the capabilities, are a third the price they were two years ago, a third the price. I mean, there's such a massive oversupply of so many categories of items. Look at how cheap TVs have become. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. They are like, it's like Black Friday every day right now on TVs. I don't know what kind of prices we're going to be offered during Black Friday month, November. And clothing. Clothing is being essentially given away right now. Walmart, who had come through the first phase of the oversupply glut, seemingly okay, and you go back a few months, Target was the one that was like, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to do with all this stuff? Well, now Walmart has reported bad, ugly stuff going on with how people are shopping, for food and people are taking advantage of 
Walmart's brand name, Great Value. They're buying a lot of Great Value stuff where they might have bought brand names before in the grocery aisle. And then they're not buying clothing. And just as all this stuff that had been clogged in the ports and clogged in Asia has all made it across the Pacific, all made it across the United States, and all these goods piling up everywhere. And so you throw all the oversupply of goods and an economy slowing down, all at the same time, all this mixing together, it means that the Americans that are not financially stretched right now are eyeing goods, bonanzas, bargains, like maybe you've never seen in your lifetime, which is so ironic when you think about how we got here with the massive inflation we've been having, that if you're buying stuff right now, it's such a deal. And that's going to continue for a while. And I've talked about category after category after category that's overstocked from fitness equipment, mentioned clothing just then, electronics. These things are a deal. Refreshing your wardrobe, refreshing your television, whatever it is, bargains. And these are not going to be flash in the pan deals. These are going to continue. Even though the log jam at the ports is way reduced, there's still a huge amount of goods being unloaded, put on trucks, put on trains, still coming around the country, which means the deals are going to continue well into 23 as the economy continues to slow and this oversupply of goods continues to reach our shores. So it is bargain-rama for a consumer who is in a position to afford. For people that are stretched by rent or mortgage payment, utility costs, gasoline costs, food costs, the people whose budgets have been just shredded by the inflation we've had this year and going back uh, not as bad but last year as well, where your dollar just isn't buying you enough right now. The good news is the inflationary pressures in so many sectors of the economy are starting to ease. You know, the headline figures may trail, but there's clear signs that the inflationary pressures we've seen are easing. For you, it's welcome relief. For people who are still good in the wallet, wow, this is quite an early Christmas gift. Krista? All right. First question here is from Earl in Louisiana. My daughter is planning to upgrade her housing next year. She would like me to purchase half of the house she currently owns, and she would retain the other half and turn it into a rental. My half would be $150,000. i am currently retired and have the funds to do this. My concerns, one, the time it would take to recoup my investment through the rental. Two, is this a good investment? Three, if the answer to number two is yes, would turning it into an Airbnb be a reasonable or better option? Okay, Earl, that's a, a lot of things for me to answer without all the variables. So let's look at the big variable. So you're saying the house would be worth 300000 if your half is one fifty. So the question is, what kind of rent can you generate per month? In order to make it into something that is considered to be a solid investment, the rent you can get out of it needs to equal more than 1% or more of the value of the property 
currently at the time you would buy in the half interest. So if the property's worth 3000 that means you'd be able to, you'd have to be able to get effective rent of 3000 or more a month to get what would be a reasonable return on your investment. Now, if you're doing that with a traditional long-term lease and you can do 3000 or more, then this deal absolutely would work for you. It would work for your daughter. On the other hand, if you could only get to that 3000 a month by doing Airbnb, Airbnb is not equal to doing a long-term lease because you got a lot more expenses involved with constant turnover of tenants. There tends to be more maintenance that's going to be required and potential repairs when you have a property as an Airbnb. So also could go vacant. You don't know. It could be vacant certain amount of times. Well, you got to figure with an Airbnb, your business model has to work at 50% occupancy that you are occupied 50% of the nights or more if it's a property that maybe has certain peak weeks, but you'd have much lower occupancy than that, makes it hard for an Airbnb to really work for reliable income. The thing is, are you doing this to help your daughter or are you doing this as strictly an investment that if someone you did not know said, hey, how would you like half of this deal buying a property? That's the hard part, is why are you really considering this? Why are you contemplating owning half this property? And if generating adequate income from it is very important for you to live a secure life going forward, then the numbers have to work. And this is from Luke in Colorado. As prices have been rising all year, I've been noticing a common problem at grocery stores that I haven't heard you talk about on the podcast yet. The price that rings up the register is higher than the price on the shelf. For example, the butter shelf price is $3.99, but the register price is $4.49. If you complain to customer service, they will refund the amount. However, the total amount difference is usually not worth the effort. I have taken up the practice of scanning the items with the store's iPhone app before, since that will show the correct register price. This was rarely ever a problem in the past with these stores. I'm just wondering if you're hearing other complaints about this, and if you think the stores are just being overwhelmed and or understaffed, or if this might be a new tactic the stores are using now. So uh, this is a common thing in a time of the inflation we've had that they're not getting the pricing right on the shelves. You're doing exactly, you took the words right out of my mouth, what I would say you do, and that is if a store has an app and the stores you listed in your question all have apps, you can use those apps to verify price as you shop. Um, And I got to tell you something funny that happened to me at Walmart last week. So I'm at the register, I'm ringing up items, And an item came up too cheap. It was below what it was supposed to be. So I stopped and I was at the self-checkout and I go get the woman in the self-checkout area. And I said, ma'am, I have a pricing problem. And she said, what price is it supposed to be? And I said, it's supposed to be 338. And it rang up at 288. And she looked at me. Like I was out of my mind. I said, well, I don't want to cheat the store because mm-hmm. I'd get you to to put in the right price if it was lower. She said, no, no, just, just it might be, have it a might nice been day. On sale. Yeah. Just, just, just <laughs> leave me alone, basically. Uh, wow. But she really looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah, well, I'm sure that is beyond rare. 
Well, I didn't want to take advantage, but the point is, yes, the pricing is all messed up on store shelves right now. And if you don't have an app for that store and you're shopping, hopefully you have that thing I do where I remember every single price of everything when I get to the front. Um, Otherwise, you could end up paying more than you expected or intended. This is from William in Nebraska. I recently was denied credit, and one of the reasons listed was the lack of an open mortgage recently reported. We paid off our mortgage in 2020 when we moved to Nebraska and paid cash for our new home. I've never heard of not having a recent mortgage as a negative impact to a credit score. Should I always carry a mortgage to help boost my score? No, William. No, William. Don't take this odd thing that happens with how credit scoring and credit reporting work have you take the wrong lesson from it, which is, yippee, let me take on some mortgage debt. No. Um, When you have, like in my situation, I don't carry mortgages, don't do car loans, nothing like that. And my credit reports always say, the scoring things always say, uh, insufficient variety of credit. You know, that I don't have anything but credit cards. I use a payment system that I pay off in full every month. As long as you're doing low utilization of your credit cards, this should not lead to a denial for a type of loan. I would say this with this particular lender, that was a factor, but lenders use different factors. And the fact that you were so unbelievably careful with your money, you pay your bills and all that, I'm assuming you have other forms of credit like credit cards if you don't this is something you would want to have, even if you just use them and pay them in full, which is what I want you to do. That will give you sufficient credit history for most any kind of borrowing you would do. And how weird that you get punished because you paid off your mortgage and your mortgage debt free, which by the way, 30% of homeowners, three zero in a typical year, own their homes free and clear no mortgage. It's a good club to be in. I want to thank you so much for being with us in our club today. I think it's a great club to be in. Club Clark. Yes. Where we give you all kinds of strategies so you can have a wonderful life with the freedom and choices you want to have in your life. It's not about worshiping money. It's about having financial independence so that you can live the life you want to live.